Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello, and welcome to the Haunted Estate. Hello, my Haunted Estaters. What a terrible thing to say. My little spooks. I call you guys my little spooks, and it's not a racial thing. God. Anyways, summer has arrived, guys. At least here in Canada, it has, and it's really gross. And I know that people listen to me from everywhere, and I bet their summers are way worse. But in Canada, we're used to damn uh, cold temperatures out here. We're all about it. Uh, no, it's like 30 degrees today. I don't know what that is in whatever you guys do, but for us, that's hot as Hades. Like, we have weather statements talking about pollution, and it's only May. Anyways, you are back for another episode. I am glad that you are here for another episode of which we know is what? Yep. Oh, yep. The Haunted Estate here with your host, Selena Myers. Who is me? It is me. Yep, I'm back. Anyways, we have so many fun stu- fun topics today to talk about. I have gotten some mail from people. We had a call in the last episode. We are getting the ball rolling, getting some fun stuff. This is a community. It's not just for me. It's for you guys. I want to come together. I want to know where a great community is on Facebook. If you go to thehauntedstate.com, you can just click. It'll take you to a direct link. Or you can always just type it into your search bar, the Haunted Estate Podcast, and bam, there it'll be, like the page. I post there first when all the new episodes are up and out. That is where I go. So, my dear friends, are you ready? Are you ready for me to say it? All right. Paranormal history, haunted topics, and everything in between tonight on The Haunted Estate. Call and tell us your story toll-free at one 260 3428 and visit us at thehauntedestate.com. Have you heard the magicalness? That is the music that is back. It's different music. Um, everything that I get is royalty free. It can be found on YouTube by wonderful people that make things like this. And I'm hoping, you know, that was the one complaint that I got before that I will keep it quiet enough so you can hear me. But I am a loud mess. So hopefully we will be all good. Yes, again, my dear friends, I am working on the podcast instead of working on my book, which I have not met the deadlines that I'm hoping for. Anyways, I'm going to slow it down for my reading time. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm ridiculous. I'm aware that I'm ridiculous. Um, Just if you're wondering, okay? I know that I'm silly. I know that sometimes I can have a sultry voice. And I know that sometimes I can sound like a crackhead. But you know what? That's okay. It's all about that delicate balance and how many eggs go in whatever friggin' cartons people talk about. Okay, you know what? I'm just... I'm just going to move forward. We are going to start with a wonderful article. And as I say in every single episode, you can find links to all articles which have awesome pictures on the website, thehauntedstate.com, underneath blog and episode links. This article is called American Horror Story, 10 Haunted Houses with Murderous Histories. And yes, this is chock full of pictures of these houses. And good Lord, they are terrifying. But I would live in all of them. You know I would. We'd go. We'd make it a party. Be a Honda State party from all over the world. Anyways, let's get into this. American photographer Seth Lawless, a pseudonym, is best known for his haunting portraits of abandoned buildings and urban decay. For his latest book, 
an American horror story, Lawless has turned his camera lens to abandoned buildings with a history of the paranormal, known by the locals for strange goings-ons and bumps in the night. It's perhaps unsurprising considering the grisly histories that many of these houses share. Number one, the Nova House. The Nova Haunted House in Youngston, Ohio, where Benjamin Albright shot and killed his son by accident in 1958 before killing his wife and himself. The home has been been vacant ever since and still has personal belongings inside. Number two, the Milan Mansion. It's a really big, white, creepy, smashed out window house. Beautiful. The Milan Mansion, Ohio, is long suspected as being haunted. The owner, a practicing witch, known by locals as the Milan Witch, is said to be buried underneath the front porch. Next is the Bailey Mansion, and this is my dream house. It has some of those beautiful turrets that you would see on a castle. Bailey Mansion, Hartford, Connecticut, is a haunted house which inspired the popular television show An American Horror Story. Unique. Number four, the Sawyer House. The Sawyer House, Kentucky. After both parents committed double suicide, their small, their four small children raised themselves for more than a decade in this home. The Oliver Family Mansion. The Oliver Family Mansion in Chester, the Oliver family went missing in 1898. The mystery baffled investigators and the family was never found, but locals claimed that they could see Oliver's faces in the windows. The Cater House Estates. This is very creepy. I would be afraid to go in this, that it would fall down. The Carter House Estates, Buffalo, New York, home to local sheriff Donald Caters, who shot himself after the home went into foreclosure in 1968. The house remained vacant and was said to have been haunted ever since. Locals often hear voices on site. The home was demolished in late 2013. Oh, I guess, yeah, it was too dilapidated. This looks like a creepy old public building almost the hot mansion in 1941 the hope mansion bush park mi was used as a brothel for upscale gentlemen years later several dead bodies were found in the cellar each had been marked with what appeared to be a perfect circle on the torso and chest areas number eight serial killer anthe Sowell. East Cleveland, Ohio, an abandoned house where serial killer Anthony Sowell hid his victims' bodies. The house is now demolished, but locals would cross the street to avoid walking on the sidewalk directly in front of the house. Number 9. The Butcher of Kansas City In Akron, Ohio, one of the most notorious serial killers in American history, Robert Berdella, also known as the Butcher of Kansas City, grew up here. This is his childhood bedroom. In his prison, psychiatric profile, Berdella spoke of his rough childhood. Specifically, he mentioned his rape at the age of 16, an act that triggered his desire to move to Kansas City and murder persons associated with the sex industry. Number 10, the Hooley Haunted Mansion. The Hooley Haunted Mansion in Texas was a home to several strange deaths thought through the 1970s when the mansion had served as a bed and breakfast. This article is definitely more for the pictures. You'll have to check that out, so you can do that by heading over to thehauntedestate.com. Visit www.thehauntedestate.com for fun stuff, and call us toll-free at 1-877-260-3428.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The thought of an abandoned house is definitely going to bring up some local folklore and some local ghost stories. But a lot of the time, houses are made abandoned because of the history behind them. I remember a few years ago in the town that I live in, a whole family had died of carbon monoxide poisoning. And it was a really long time before anybody bought that house. But of course, we have lots of abandoned houses around town that have quite the stories. A lot of them that can just be cut down to normal kid babber. Anyways, we're going to move on next to nine nurses share scariest paranormal encounters. Number one, the sleep experiment. Like most very old hospitals, at one time our hospital was run by nuns. One particular unit had been converted into a sleep study lab area for outpatient tests. One shift in the middle of the night, I was watching a video monitor, and five patients simultaneously began removing their monitoring equipment. I went into the first room to ask what was going on, and the patient said that an old nurse with a cap on told her the study was over and that she could leave. All the patients reported the same story. Number two, they come out with bite marks. My mom is a nurse aide in an old folks care facility. She's constantly seeing shadows and things move. It's become the norm for her. She's afraid to go into one of the rooms because something is always hurting the old people that enter it. They've come out with bite marks, scratches, broken bones. They think the old people go in there and do it to themselves, but a few of the old people report that a big, dark man was to blame. Number three, the medication trick. I used to work on a ward that was for returning POWs after Vietnam. One side of the ward was used as same-day surgery unit, and the other half was an inpatient ward. At night, the same-day surgery side was locked up, and no one was over there. Several times between 1 and 4 a.m., the same side, day side, would come to, would have patient call buttons go off. Random times, but usually the same three out of five rooms. Frequently, our storage room, not used for patient care in years, would have the most amount of call buttons going off. It would happen several times a night. The hospital admission staff came over and asked why there were people moaning in the rooms next door. When they were told that there were no patients in the room and that no one had used it in years, they got creeped out and would run past the room. Watching all this gave me an idea. One night, the call buttons went off, seven or eight times in a row. I was tired of getting the keys and going to the same creepy dark room several times this one night. 
I stood near an empty bed and told the air that, it, that I was giving the patient something for pain. Then said that I hoped they felt better and said good night. Locked the door and went back to the other side of the ward. It quit going off that night after that. I knew others had the same issue. I tried to tell them the medication trick, and eventually we would give the patients pain medication on their first call, and it would be quiet for the rest of the night. Other times we wouldn't do it, and the button would go off multiple times. Don't know if it's truly ghost or an electrical glitch, but it only happens at night. Number four, little boy with a cast on his arm. Before my days as a nurse, I was a housekeeper at a hospital that was about 400 beds. We had this one unit, 4 North. It was basically an overflow unit, an unofficial hospice. Now most of the time, the unit was closed on the weekends. The nurses would float to the adjacent units. If the unit was closed for the night, I basically had to go through and pull out any trash, trash that was left over from day shift and clean bathrooms. Now, at the end of the hallway was a family break room. So I'm going through, pulling trash, and I see a kid at the end of the hallway. He's about five or seven years old. Black hair and his right arm is in a cast. Once I notice him, he goes down into the lounge. I figured that a family was on another unit, and they were taking him to a closed lounge so he could run around and burn off some energy. So I'm working my way down the hallway, pulling trash, and I get to the lounge. It's empty. Totally empty. No one passes me going down the hallway. At this point, I'm feeling pretty freaked out, and I'm trying to convince myself that a family had passed me that I didn't see. I hauled my cart out of there to find a nurse that normally worked on fourth floor. I told her my story. She replied to me that the fourth floor was indeed haunted. I avoid taking that shift whenever I could in the future. He's right behind you. I used to work in a skilled nursing facility. I was usually assigned to the Alzheimer's ward. One night, I'm in the linen room stocking my cart, and I heard someone shuffle up behind me. I felt a hand on my shoulder. I turned around, and there was no one else in the room. The door was still shut. Another lady started to complain that a man was entering her room at night. Again, Alzheimer's, so I didn't think much of it. So to reassure, I told her I'd check on her throughout the night. She complained about this man every night for two more we weeks. When I asked her to describe him to me, He's real handsome. Wears a black suit. Oh, he's right behind you now, honey. That freaked me out, but of course no one was behind me. She died the next night in her sleep. Number six. Don't let me go back there. When my mom worked as an ER nurse, a guy came in from a car accident that was losing blood. In the midst of the, of the recess, recess ugh, you know the word, um, the man jolts awake and screams, don't let me go back there, please, 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 don't let me go back. A few seconds later, they lost him. Oh, that one's really creepy. Number seven, the whistling ghosts. I worked at a hospital during tr doing transport for a couple of years. The transport home base was in the basement of the hospital, where all the laundry is done and the supplies are sorted. I hated working there late at night after this incident. One particular night, I was the only one in the basement, 
when I heard whistling at the end of the hallway by the, eveli- the elevator. <laughs> elevator. I poked my head around the corner, expecting to see my only co-worker. But there was absolutely no one there. I shrugged it off. I'm not easily spooked. Nights are slow, so I ate some snacks and hung out in the break room for a bit. Next thing I know, I hear a loud bang. I walk to the hallway, and a bed was running down the hall, bumping into the sides. At this point, I thought my co-work was bullshitting me. I radio him, and he says he's upstairs in the cafeteria. Ah, I still don't believe him, and thinking I'll catch him in the act. I walk past the laundry room, and the machines start popping my head in there, expecting to find him, but it's completely empty. Okay, starting to get a little nervous. I walk into the laundry room, and the machines completely stop. I freeze. I run out of there, and I head towards the elevator when I hear the whistling again. At this point, I know I am the only worker in the basement. As I'm standing there, waiting for the elevator, things start to fall off the walls and shelves on the hall. Boxes, gloves, tissues, packages of tubes. I'm literally standing there watching them fall off one by one at the opposite end of the hallway. I shit you not, my entire body broke out in goosebumps. My hair stood on end and I had this strong gut feeling I was being watched that I was not alone. As I'm getting on the elevator, I feel like someone's brushing against my arm. I went upstairs and found my co-worker in the cafeteria. I got the fuck out of there, and I transferred soon after that. The creepy thing to add is that I usually whistle mindlessly to myself at work. It's almost as if the spirit was mimicking me. Creepiest feeling ever. Number 8. The Elevator A woman I work with tells this story of how she showed up to an early shift around 6.30am. Things are pretty much dead quiet, no pun intended. She gets on an empty elevator, hits the button for the ninth floor, and goes up to the eleventh floor. Doors open. No one's there. Door closed. Back down to the ninth floor. As she gets off, she sees an old woman standing behind her in the elevator. Ooh, that one's creepy. Number nine. She's hiding behind the curtain now. I'm a CNA and work in the ICU and PCU. We have a lot of older patients who come in and are at their most times confused. PCU is a telefloor where we have monitors. One of the patient's heart rates suddenly started getting higher and higher. I went to go check on her and asked if she was okay. She said, well, tell that lady to quit staring at me. I looked around and there was no one there. I said, ma'am, there's no one in the room, just me and you. And she said, well, she's behind the curtain now. She'll stand here and tell me I'm going to die when you leave. I got so freaked out, I told the nurse, and I felt confused all night. She ended up coding and dying by the end of the shift. That one I find really unique. Working in a hospital must be really incredible. I have a hospital experience myself, which I had called in and told um, to Tony and Jenny on Real Ghost Stories Online, which is a fantastic paranormal podcast, which actually gave me the idea to start my own podcast. And that is, everyone knows that when it comes to the end of life, If you've had this experience, people who are dying see very strange things. And one thing that they seem to see is babies. And I remember my grandmother being at the end of her bed saying, you need to get the babies off the floor. And and a lot of people do this. A lot of people do this. But a lot of people see people who have passed or people who haven't passed. 
And maybe that woman telling her that she was going to die was like an old relative. And if she was confused, maybe she didn't remember the old relative. But that's one of those things that I don't look forward to. And I also really look forward to when I pass away is seeing those people come back and help me on my way over. Because as I say, I do believe that there is this veil that it's it's almost like if you were to think of just a cla- like a, a, f- a fuzzy glass pane and that's on the other side and that becomes clearer and clearer as you come closer to death. So that's my little opinion on that, folks. To take us out of the podcast, let's talk about real-life curses that have killed. There is the Hope Diamond, the priceless 115-carat Blue Hope Diamond was allegedly stolen from the eye of a Hindu idol in India by a French merchant, Jean-Baptiste Tavernier. Considered to be one of the most famous diamonds in the world, it's legendary, not for only its huge size and value, but for its deadly curse. It's foretold that bad luck and death will visit whoever owns or touches the diamond. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Approximately, the curse struck Jean-Baptiste Tavierne first. It said that he was mauled to death as a punishment for sealing the sacred stone. Other victims of the diamond's curse are said to be King Louis of France and his wife, Marie Antoinette, who owned the Hope Diamond for a time before being beheaded by, during the French Revolution. Lord Francis Hope whom it is named after, inherited the diamond before squandering his large fortune and dying penniless and destitute. Wow, I'm sorry my reading's so bad right now. The stone was then sold to socialite Evelyn Walsh McLean in 1912, after her son was killed in a car crash. Her daughter killed herself. Evelyn ended her days in a lunatic asylum. In 1958, the diamond was donated to the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History in Washington, USA. Since arriving at its new home, the curse appears to now be inactive, so much so that according to a curator, it has brought nothing but good luck to the museum ever since. The Silver Bassano Vase the curse of the 15th century silver bassano vase is said to have started with a young Italian bride on her wedding night, who mysteriously died clutching the vase to her chest. Despite rumors that the silverware is now haunted by its deceased owner, it was handed down the family, as each new owner died of a mysterious sudden death. Finally convinced that the vase was cursed, it was hidden away where it remained for years, until rediscovered in 1988. Inside the vase was a single note that read, Beware, this vase brings death. Heedless of the grave warning, the new owner threw the note away, promptly sold the vase at auction. The pharmacist who purchased it died unexpectedly, not long after he acquired it. And with that, the deadly curse struck again. It would strike twice more before the final owner's bereaved family concluded that the vase had to be destroyed for once and all. The story goes that when the family threw the vase out the window, it was picked up by a passing policeman. 
When the officer tried to return the vase to the family, they refused to have it back in their home. It's claimed that the policemen decided to bury the vase, and with that, the curse, with that, the curse in an undisclosed location, where it remains to this day. The Crying Boy Paintings At the end of the Second World War, artist Bruno Amadio, also known as Giovanni Bregolin, began to paint portraits of Italian orphans crying as souvenirs for tourists. Over the time there were mass-produced prints of his paintings, they became increasingly popular, particularly in England. That is, until the, 18, the 1980s, when people began to say that the prints were cursed. The Sun newspaper reported over 50 house fires. The crying boy's prints were the only items to survive. In one case, firefighters found a print still in its frame, face down on the floor, completely untouched by the flames that had destroyed the rest of the house. Sounds strange? Well, according to numerous psychics, the prints are haunted by the orphans who died in the war. Their misery and despair continuing to haunt the paintings long after their deaths. The Curse of Otzi in 1991, the frozen mummified body of Otzi the Iceman was discovered in Otzel Alps on the Austrian-Italian border. Scientists determined that the Bronze Age man would have died 5,300 years ago, making the body the oldest known human mummy to ever be found in Europe. Surrounding the excitement of discovery, something darker began to manifest. People began to say that by disturbing the mummified body, a curse had been unleashed on all those involved on its discovery, recovery, and examination of his remains. In all, seven deaths ha have been linked to the curse of Otzi. Helmut Simon, who discovered the Iceman's body, died from a fall was hiking in 2004. Dieter, who was a part of the rescue team who found Helmut Simon's body, died of a heart attack hour after Simon's funeral. Rainer, the forensic, forensic pathologist who examined Otzi, died in a car accident. Kurtz Fitz, the guide who led them to Otzi's body, died later in an avalanche. Conrad Splindler, who led the scientific team that recovered and examined the body, died of multiple sclerosis. Tom Loy, a molecular archaeologist who traces of human blood in the body, died of a blood disease. And lastly, Rainer, a filmmaker who made a documentary about the recovery Side of a brain tumor. Is Otzi's curse real or just a simple matter of coincidence? While most people believe it's the latter, there are those who believe that the seven deaths were caused by him seeking vengeance on the men that disturbed him 53 centuries after his slumber. King Tut. All of the curses we've explored, King Tut's tomb is the most famous of them all. In 1923, archaeologist Howard and his sponsor, Lord, opened up the burial chamber of the ancient Egyptian boy, King Tut. The tomb, hidden in the valley of the kings in Egypt, had been left untouched and packed with treasures. Yet, while the world marveled at the astounding archaeological find, some who entered the tomb did so with trepidation. It's rumored that a message inscribed on the burial chamber entrance read, Death shall come on swift wings to him who, who disturbs the peace of the king. And soon death did indeed visit those who had opened the tomb. 
and the legend of King Tut curse began. When the Lord died six weeks after opening King Tut's tomb, it is said the exact moment of his death, all the lights in Cario went out, and the dog, who was back in England at the time, howled loudly before dropping down dead. Sir Arthur Conrad, famous for his Sherlock Holmes novels, publicly suggested that Cavern's death was caused by the mysterious forces guarding the pharaoh's body. In 1929, 11 people closely connected with the discovery of the tomb had died prematurely of unnatural causes. They included two of Cavern's relatives, along with Howard's personal secretary, Richard, who was found dead in his bed in London. Bethel's death drove the Lord to commit suicide by jumping off a building. The press were quick to catch on to the connection with King Tut, attributing the deaths to the mummy's curse. People visiting the golden mask of King Tut were warned not to look into his eyes, lest the curse strike them down too. That will make it all for today's episode of The Haunted Estate. I hope you enjoyed it, and please do not forget to share it with your friends, your family, and everybody in between. Share us on Facebook. Share us over email. Call your grandma. She will love it, I promise. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>